Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Two Halves Podcast. My name is Jackson. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Mike. Uh, we're going to talk about some soccer going on, soccer we've seen, and uh, maybe some soccer going forward. But Mike, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good, and I have to say we're at remote location in the treehouse, is what we're going to call it, in Parkville, Missouri. Don't ask why we're up here. Well, you, you can, actually, uh, doing some dog sitting. And uh, yeah, big old German Shepherd is uh, keeping Jackson and I safe here in this moment. So, uh, But not my house. It's actually uh, an artist's house. It's a really cool place, though. We are literally on top of Parkville right now doing this recording. So, And if you hear some background noise, that's a train. We're right by the train track. So we might be uh, interrupted by some train noises throughout this. But we'll make do. So uh, today, got a few things to recap, but uh, how did you spend your last weekend, this this past weekend, watching soccer, Mike? Oh, there's been some great games on. We had the, well, last night, USA-Mexico, amazing result for the United States, so proud of them. Uh, last weekend, we saw another Sporting KC win, and then also last weekend, we had a double feature, at least Jackson and I did on Saturday, where earlier in the day, we had a bunch of people literally packed Soli's, the main area, uh, watching the Euro- UEFA Champions League final as well. So all the fun soccer games have been happening recently, and we've been a part of every single one of them, I'd say. Yeah, we had a hell of a watch party at Soli's for the UEFA final. That was fun. Had a lot of people come out from the pickup group and really watch a good game. Lost some money on the bets, but, you know, we'll make do and try to win that money back some other way or possibly just keep losing it. But <laughs> Most uh, likely the second, but it makes it fun, that's for sure. So uh, we there were some golfers in there who were kind of like, what are all these soccer people doing? But, yeah, yeah, they did not expect to see such a large soccer group at a bar on a random Saturday, but mm-hmm. they were kind of clueless. I think they were trying to watch horse racing too, which oh, okay. uh, talk about an even more obscure sport in the U.S. Yeah, Jackson, as a golfer yourself, you had your own. You weren't sure if they were in fact golfers or just it was some sort of... Yeah, I think it was just some sort of party thing. They didn't really look like uh, true golfers. There's some, you know, signs you can look at, but uh, a lot of their clothes look pretty fresh and neat, uh, not worn in through on the golf course. But you know, we had a great time on Saturday watching the UEFA final. We'll jump into and do some of that recap of that game later, and sort of what Man City's building over there in in England. But um, after that, we went to the Sporting KC game. We watched a good game, and we uh, ran into an old friend there. Do you want to tell them who we saw? Who did we see? We saw Busio, Busio, Busio. We saw Gianlanco Busio serving up some free beer in the cauldron. So we don't want to get the rumor mill churning too much, but I think he might be signing a contract, right, Mike? Yep, that's that's (laughs) the word on the street. Yeah, Uh, so if that does happen, you heard it here first, so give us some credit for that uh, rumor. But yeah, Busio is there serving up free beer in the cauldron, so we had to go uh, get a couple, couple of those, and we made a good time out of it. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Got a picture, too. But as far as the MLS goes, I know we've talked a lot about the MLS on this podcast. I think this episode is going to be a little different. Since we were at the Sporting KC game and watching Man City on Saturday, we did not get to watch a lot of the MLS. Uh, But before we get into some of our segments, I do want to shout out uh, Lucas Zellerion, his midfield goal to win the game against Chicago Fire for the Columbus Crew. What a shot. Just literally at half field and just bangs it home. Goalkeeper's out of position. 
damn it's a it was a beautiful goal one of the best goals of the season so far so shout that one out and um good on you for checking that down i have to check that one out so yeah it's a it's a hell of a goal it's a reminiscent of uh i think it was uh zlatan's first goal in the mls but i think it was even farther back than his Mm -hmm. and it it wasn't like the goalie was out of position. Well, he was, but he, it, he caught him out. Yeah, basically. yeah, yep. You're yeah. You're not expecting anyone to take a shot from there, so you're always going to be far out. But he's just a beautiful shot, Dang. right? Right in the middle of the goal, and you know nothing you can do. It's a game winner, and uh, what a what a way to win it. The link to it, if you didn't see it, but maybe you probably yeah. saw it. Yeah, but uh, we're going to go into one of our recurring segments now. We'll go into the scrap of the week where we sort of air out some grievances we have over, you know, the soccer sphere. So, Mike, uh, you said you had something you wanted to air out. So take it away. Yeah, I have a, a couple of them. I just thought of a second, honestly. But uh, the first one is coaches that are too keen to drink on their water bottle on during the during the game of these matches. You're not on the field. You're not running around. The players aren't drinking anything, and yet you're like nursing this bottle of water. I noticed it during the LAF, or sorry, the Austin FC game mm-hmm. uh, with their head coach. So just chill a little bit, take your moments, drink your water. But come on, like it's not that intense. Just let it go. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is podcast hosts that spend a bunch of time talking about. Uh, theoretical men's national team head coaches oh yeah those podcasts suck <laughs> they d- i bet you they didn't even get it right either yeah, and they spend all and then it just goes back to being uh break news breaking uh we're going back with greg bullholder uh for the second world cup as well so we'll yeah. see how that pans out but yeah uh that is also news yeah we'll do a deep dive into greg and the whole u.s fiasco there but uh I think my scrap of the week is is gonna have to be Austin FC's defense. Um, Kyrie Shelton looked good. That is not a good sign for any Sporting KC fans. And I assume you know he scored his goal in the season. He'll get another three hundred thousand dollar raise. <laughs> and yeah, I think a lot of the onus is on Austin FC. You got to play better. I I don't want to pay the man. So uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. It was an interesting game for both of us because we had just watched and you know we're enjoying a first soccer game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so by the time we got to the second game, let alone the, the fourth half of soccer, we were needing to rewatch the replays to actually yeah. know, know what yeah, was happening. Yeah, I did have to rewatch some of those goals. I remember Polito's first goal, but that yep. was about it. Yep. You know what was a nice goal, too, is the, the second goal right after halftime. That was a pretty nice goal because Polito got a touch and it just skipped past everybody with a touch. And then uh, Robert, I think it was Castellanos, smashed it. Oh, yes. It's always good to see a good smash. From the uh, center back. From the you center love back. To see, you love to see goal production out of the center back. Mm-hmm. Which also happened in the Champions League final with Rod- yeah. Rodri. And uh, nothing lights a team up like seeing the defender smash one in the yeah. corner. So, so I think that's a good place to go to. Uh, Man City beat Inter Milan on Saturday 1-0 in the Champions League final. Uh, got a lot of hype, obviously. Man City had already won the Premier League and the FA Cup and we're going for a treble here with the UEFA Champions League and they got it first team in quite a while uh I think ever in the Premier League oh really I'm pretty sure okay yeah we might need to double check that there's really no way to know so we'll have to get back to you after the after this record but yeah. um yeah Mike w- what are your thoughts and feelings about one Man City winning and two how they sort of stack up as an all-time team boy um Getting Erling Holland really just made them that much more dangerous. 
people were not convinced when that decision first happened mm -hmm. uh, because of the, I mean, they play a true European kind of style. Uh, but to, yeah, why not throw a huge number nine center forward just running and just drawing center backs out of position left and right? Um, and it makes for a super good soccer football team. And yeah, they have the budget to do pay all these players. All their players are practically all stars. Pep Guardiola knows how to develop players. He's proven that. Gosh, is there a better coach on the planet than Pep Guardiola? Oh no, I don't think so, and I don't really think it's particularly close. I mean, what's the who, who's the next argument? Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, respect where respect is due. I will admit, Jurgen Klopp is a good coach. Uh, I'm willing to go on the record and say that, but I think there's still a significant gap between Pep and anyone else. He's demonstrated it with what he's won the German league, Bundesliga, the Spanish league, La Liga, and now the EPL. It's, I mean, what more can you do as a coach? He's it's unbelievable. It really is. And just the way the tactics, how he changes things up. He, you don't know what he's going to yeah. do. I mean, you really don't. And it's, it's almost like a mind game. He doesn't even know what he's going to do half the time. And it's just a, it's a, it's fun to watch when you're not expecting what the team is always doing and not to say that man said he like changes their game plan always they're always kind of doing this four three three thing with their wide wing players but they are so talented in those different positions and they're so deep yeah there's never a loss in tempo they just keep coming and they possess the ball the entire game they're so sharp jackson yeah yeah so here's a proposition when we're talking about man city i guess what do you think is is like the most important element? And I'll list three. One, Pep Guardiola, Guardiola as a coach. Two, the roster construction and how how much depth they have. Or three, just the performance of the on-field starters to get the sort of quality that they have match after match. If you had to choose one of those aspects to this team, which one would you go with? Um, I'm kind of one of those who thinks that the coach necessarily doesn't have the hugest deal mm -hmm. uh but with that team in particular it seems like he has done the best at just getting the right players in the right positions like there's never a loss in tempo it seems like and that's roster construction so i'll go with yeah. to answer your question say roster construction now is that like coaching on the side tactics i mean i just think it's nobody has a better built team for the different positions the different roles on the field and when, once they added, uh, you know, the Swedish giant, uh, man, that just opened up everything yeah. else. Like all their other stars, Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, you know, Mares. I mean, they they have like where as before they were kind of the center of attention, like watching these, you know, stopping Mares, stopping, um, you know, even De Bruyne. It's like now it's stopping Holland, and it's just is it is proven to be too much for majority of teams to handle i mean they have a enormously positive record i mean yeah unprecedented in how many games they've they've destroyed it champions league games they're, they're winning games at a furious pace yeah yeah uh i think i kind of agree with you the roster construction is is just so good i mean when you have someone uh kevin de Bruyne leaves injured and then you bring on phil foden like a an english national team player off the bench like that's the sort of stuff that like it's wild that they're that deep mm -hmm. and 
when you're playing that many games, playing in Champions League, playing in the EPL, playing in the FA Cup, like this last these last couple of months, that it demands a deep roster to win all of that. And I think that's the only way you can do it. I mean, you can have players perform your starting eleven, but at the end of the day, they they, they needed a break sometime and mm-hmm. to get the travel you need that deep roster. Right. And I think absolutely a thing that happens is that coaches, they have a game plan, but guess what? Their players don't fit what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And with Pep, it's like, okay, De Bruyne comes out of the game. Hey, we're going to do this uh, and, and hit, you know, play up the center from out wide positions and, and just things like this that, that he clearly understands. And uh, I, what I liked about watching that final with a bunch of other you know people from all over uh, the world. I mean, honestly, there was such a diverse group of people out there. Um, it's just a different comments and different, like, you know, things that you'd hear that you may not otherwise hear. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one, one person mentioned, um, that with the Bruyne out of the game, Holland might not get those, you know, he might not get a goal because someone's got a pass in the ball. And, uh, obviously De Bruyne is a really good passer of the ball. So, uh, just kind of interesting to, to hear different people's thoughts, but, you can't deny that that team. It there was an analysis before that game too on whoever scored first, and you, you kind of get that. But mm-hmm. if whoever scored first in that game was was gonna win it, and once Rodri lit up the the net, you know, just smashes it. I mean, yeah. it's set up perfect for him. Good for him for for uh, taking the chance and, and burying in that shot. The last twenty minutes looked pretty good for Inter Milan. There, they're attacking well, having some good chances. Uh, Lukaku kind of stopped a goal for his own team uh but when you're watching the game and i guess after the game do you think there's a lot of a good takeaways for inter milan or do you think they're still gonna have to feel down on themselves for losing this i mean i think that they have to feel pretty positive i mean they were tied at halftime they had you know de bruyne come out it come out of the game mm-hmm. there was a lot of i mean they they had chances um you know martinez had a had a chance i was watching and even on the highlights you know Man City makes a back pass uh, out wide, and they're not ready for it. And it's Martinez running at Edison, and you know if Lukaku's running yeah. in there. It, just, it didn't happen. Um, but Lukaku, good for him for you know he took he was taking some crap for a while for not being productive. Chelsea was yeah. not good for him. Yeah, I don't uh, think Chelsea's good for anyone though. Chelsea's but. not good for anyone. But he <laughs> he was correct me if I'm wrong, but he was on the Europa winning team, right? So he has didn't he win a title? Lukaku, yeah, or am I wrong on that? I think he came the year after Chelsea won UEFA. No, I'm talking about this year. Oh, oh. Uh, Europa. Oh shoot, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, because of Sevilla, but maybe Lukaku doesn't play for them. He, he I feel like he was in a final or something, but I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'm not too up to date on Lukaku mm-hmm. news, but he's a big old boy and he can really do some damage when he starts running but mm. um that, that'd be funny to see a race between holland and yep. lukaku i'm right on that lukaku plays for sevilla and they won their six oh wow six, or seven like they always win the europa uh so yeah you champions league and then the kind of the baby champions mm. league is the yeah. europa it's kind of funny, yeah. Um, but it's still it's some yeah. amazing matches in, in both of those. Uh, yeah, European I mean, st- tournaments. still good teams make that. I mean, you can't you still have to be a top of the table in your yeah in your um, domestic league to get there. Well, you know, like not top top, but mm-hmm. on the upper half. So and then the other cool thing about you win that Europa and then you're in the Champions League. I, just, yep. I love that. Uh, yeah, fun game. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this uh, EPL? 
Oh, I guess I do have some thoughts. Uh, I do want to shout out. We're in the sort of season of championship wins. So we had the NHL final and NBA final and UEFA champions all end at the same time. I do not think I saw anyone more plastered than Jack Grealish. That dude was on one. I do not think he... I, I need to check the uh, England game, but there's no way that dude played. He was like blasted for four days straight. Yeah, right. Well, I don't think they'd expect him uh, to play, but um, I'm sure he probably went. He probably was there. Yeah, right? I'm he's, sure. he's supposed to be there. Yeah, there are reports. I think his teammates uh, had to physically put him in a wheelchair and wheel him around the airport because he could not move on like Monday after the Saturday final. So props to him, living it up. Can't blame him for that one. No. But over those three sports, I did not see anyone that drunk. And I would expect a hockey player to get fucked up for the Stanley Cup win, but it was uh, very evident uh, because he, you know, Foden earlier in the e- Premier League in the season, Foden was starting, mm-hmm. and and Jack Relish really started playing well and and coming on and training his ass off, and good for him for, yeah. for doing that. He deserves to to party for sure. That yeah. is impressive. I'm sure he's still having a fun time. But any yeah. other thoughts on the UEFA Champions Final? good game fun time thanks for coming out if you came and and uh yeah we have to keep doing those because it's it's fun to cheer and and uh especially on the kansas side what if you mm-hmm. want to like place a small wager <laughs> on some random yeah mike do you want to what, what what did you end up betting on for the game oh, yeah. let, let the people know yeah, what you lost your money know. on I was, I was debating kind of what i because i like man city they're fun to watch but i also had this pretty cool uh italy jersey so i'm like you know what screw it I'm I'm going for uh, Inter on this, so I put, I think I made a fifty dollar wager, and I don't do that too often. But for big yeah. events, like, come yeah, it's on, it's gonna be fun. It does, and it just amps everything up. And not that you have to have it, but it's you know, put a little skin in the game, and just you know, life is short, so yeah, give your money away. No, I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did a my first bet was a twenty five dollar Kevin De Bruyne goal that did not. Lo- <laughs> do well at all injured immediately injured in the first (laughs) half so at halftime i put 25 dollars on holland the next goal score and uh that didn't pay out either so ended up losing 50 dollars but you know it's fun fun watching jackson and i lost money basically the entire day but we had fun yeah it was a fun game fun to watch and we'll definitely be doing more events like that where we once we have good international events like that to get a watch party together and we took an uber to the sporting game look at us being responsible yeah, as you should do. Uh, yeah, some of this this leagues cup too. I mean, some of those that might be fun to do yeah. something for for those games. Yeah, we'll have to check that out and see mm-hmm. what people are wanting to watch. Um, but I think we're gonna move into you know our segment. We said we we're gonna retire it last week, but we we have to bring it up. The U.S. Men's National Team coach. We're gonna spend some time talking about this. Um, a week kind of like two weeks after we hire an interim coach, we've hired Greg Berhalter as the U S men's national team coach permanently. Again, um, if you thought you were listening in 2018, um, you're kind of, you kind of are cause we rehired him. So I don't think anyone on this podcast ever said Greg Berhalter as their coach. We did not expect that. Um, it would have been a weird, like, speculative thing it was more fun to do something yeah we were throwing out some wild ideas i'm upset they did not hire coach k the basketball coach but i guess Mm -hmm. you know anyway we said we were going to retire it now this segment is officially done 
We will not be bringing up our picks for the U.S. Men's National Coach again, at least hopefully for – I hope they don't fire him immediately. That would be kind of terrible. But yep. uh, we'll sort of dive into our reactions to Greg Berhalter coming back. Um, Mike, do you want to do you want to start this one off or do you want me to kick it off? You start. Okay. So, I mean, I have a lot of feelings about this. I don't think Greg Berhalter did a bad job at all in 2022. I have a lot of questions about what U.S. soccer is doing as an organization. I am not quite sure my confidence in this organization to run a competent program that takes about seven months to hire back the same coach we previously had. That seems very problematic to me in team building. And I, and I know I've seen some of the interviews where people like Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams are speaking highly of Greg. I, this isn't anything on Greg right now. This is something of the way that U.S. soccer runs and make decisions. They spend money to hire like this whole search process and, and and run this hiring committee to I don't know do whatever they're doing. That's still pretty um, unknown of like what the processes are. But to take seven months to do this when one now Greg Berhalter is not going to be the coach for like three more weeks. So the interim coach, BJ Calligan, is still going to be coaching. Um, our second interim coach of this period, by the way, which is wild. So Greg has lost about like eight months' time of building the team the way he wants to, even if he has an influence over this interim process. It's it's just odd and a very odd decision for U.S. to take one this long. I'm not sure what, you, what due diligence can take like seven months or how many people you interviewed, but... It leaves me thinking this organization is completely incompetent in what they're doing just to return back to Greg Berhalter as a coach. Yeah, interesting. It. I tell you what, I was disappointed, and I'll, I'll give you my, my thoughts too, but just the timing on whatever the hell happened, whoever opened their mouth, because guess what? We played an amazing game last night and beat Mexico 3 yeah. to nothing in a pretty dominating performance. Not that Mexico you know, did anything super special. They did not look good. But when it was our time, we got a train to strike. The Americans took it to them. And yet, what am I hearing today? We're not talking about our awesome performance. Mm -hmm. We're talking about, oh, we're going back in time and we're going to hire Greg again. And it seems there was some spin too, Jackson. I'm not sure if you heard, but it was like from the players and they, you know, of course there's spin coming out of it. Because how do you explain, like you mentioned, having seven months without a coach and then going back to him and, you know, given the drama with everything else, it must be okay now. It just seems like there's some ties in U.S. soccer that you yeah. can't explain what thing. What it doesn't make any sense. I'm mean, as one thing, but also I would add to even our conversations on who we think should be the coach. I don't think we could afford a lot of the coaches that we were wanting. I I agree with you that I think Greg seems like he's a good coach. The players very evidently support him. So here we are, but you're right. It is ridiculous that we're going to go on a seventh month. It's almost embarrassing because people we interviewed didn't want to, you know, yeah. weren't interested. I mean, hell, Peter Vermees wasn't interested. Yeah, and you have to wonder why coaches, like, I mean, take Peter Vermees, aren't interested in coaching this program. Like, if you offered an English national 
a head coaching job of the England men's team, they'd jump on that. That's like one of the most prestigious things you could do as like an Englishman is to coach the English soccer team. But why isn't that the same in America? And like, why don't they have a reverence for this job? There has to be something going on within the U.S. soccer that like makes you wonder, like, why are coaches rejecting this? It's strange. It is strange. And also strange is we got a new uh, director of football operations. So let's give this Southampton guy. He's great, I'm sure, uh, or whatever. He's got experience, Matt Crocker. So, okay, Matt, come in, help us out. And Matt's going to be like, we're going back with Greg. Yeah. Like, it's a little suspicious. Yeah, yeah, it makes you think a lot of stuff about U.S. soccer. Um, I mean, we can pontificate a lot about what's going on with U.S. soccer, uh, but I think it's also appropriate to address, like, Greg himself. Um, One, I'm not thrilled about Greg as a coach. I think getting to the knockout stages was good. Like, uh, there's no way to say that. And, And people who then say... It's unreasonable to expect us to beat the Netherlands. I think that's just a, a bad assumption. If if you think that we as a country can't put together a team good enough to make a run in the World Cup, then we're never going to win it. Um, and, and the expectations for coaches are always going to be more lenient and produce coaches like Greg again, who can be competent enough but not excellent at their job. And I think it's worth noting that, one, we only scored – three goals in the world cup our offense is it was abysmal it we were really saved by tim ream having an amazing performance at center back that no one expected when he's 35 years old uh our set pieces are terrible we tried to hire a set piece specialist coach who again if if you're hiring a specific coach to coach set pieces what the hell is greg berhalter doing Mm. is he that inept at his job to like what the hell do I do on a set piece? I don't know, man. Try to put the ball in the net. It's not that complicated. But a lot of questions re- remain on our on the offensive end that how are we going to score that I don't see Greg resolving. Right. Flow. Save yeah. us. Yeah. And, and at that point, is is just like a number nine. is like, oh, we got a better number nine. We'll be better this year. That's a terrible expectation to have because if he doesn't perform then we're screwed and greg can't resolve the problem again because we have to go back to someone like josh Sargent, who got a lot of minutes at the number nine in the world cup Mm -hmm. and he gets criticized i think too much for leaving certain players out i mean he didn't bring pepe to the world cup Mm -hmm. that's something but you can only have so many spots there's a lot of good american players and so I don't really get that criticism. To the Netherlands, the lose to Netherlands thing, like you should have beat the Netherlands. I did not think that team was going to beat the Netherlands. Maybe in eight, ten games, they maybe get one win and a tie, maybe two wins. But they're just too young. I mean, they're the second youngest team in the World Cup mm-hmm. in 2022. Uh, you know, Netherlands were I – mean, they got Virgil van Dijk. They're going to – he's going to destroy – you know, these young forwards, mm-hmm. at least, because he's, he's a veteran. Yeah, he knows what to do. He knows, he knows what to, to do. Be. He knows what to do, and he's scary as hell. And, you know, we weren't going to – that team was going to beat Net- the Netherlands, dude. I mean, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> being a miracle. Um, they they could have pulled it off. What was it, 2-1 and then uh, I think it, 3-1 ultimately? Yeah, 3-1 ultimately. We had a good run there for a little bit trying to equalize to 2-2, but couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Um, 
it's just strange just strange to be to be back full circle and you know if there is another publicity embarrassment that there was the first time how bad is that going to look like we're going to go through this all again like yeah. some more shit drama with you know the reinas and da 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 and you know apparently Greg kicked his <laughs> but didn't well not doesn't matter because uh, yeah. you know it's all in the past but I don't want to deal do that again like it just seems like super irresponsible if if we're doing that again so yeah we really got to like eliminate the distractions like that and see yeah but he himself was actually a distraction because people yeah. you know yeah. it took away from the the amazing uh, win that was last night and I feel bad for honestly not just Anthony Hudson or but the interim interim like these guys who've had them play pretty yeah. well but for whatever reason it's like okay maybe if they're playing amazing versus Mexico what about the coach who's coaching mm -hmm. yeah and in 2018 Greg was not a front like Greg was like how did he become the United his, States his brother hired him so yes, here we are, full circle. But yeah. anything short of you know, we're talking twenty twenty six now. If Greg does not, I mean, I'm expecting a semifinal. Yeah. If he does not make a semifinal, not many coaches, you, you know, don't win the World Cup and come back and and they're around for again. Hey, remember me? We got yeah. knocked out. Uh, and and definitely when you're hosting in 2026, there's, you know, always a little bump to the home team. And if we can't pull it off at home, mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to, he's obviously going to get fired if he can't get that far. You'd think anyway, I guess that's wild speculation, but you would hope that he isn't returning. Mm -hmm. And I think the pressures are high, but I guess, you know, he has a job for four years now, unless mm -hmm. he really fucks it up. Right. And if, if it is true, what they're saying, the players all, you know, it's, you want a team that wants to play for their head coach. That's definitely something you want. And if they're either saying that to, you know, avoid embarrassment of not getting anywhere and kind of falling back, it's very clear they didn't like Jesse Marsh or whatever. He was kind of the other mm -hmm. front runner. Mm. Interesting news. So, yeah, double news day. And just don't tweet about it. Like, let the game happen. Or yeah, there's like right as it started, they – Tweeted out the announcement, which is incredibly weird timing. Mm -hmm. And I, someone was saying that the journalistic, you hear something, why do you have to like say it right away? Does it make one difference if you wait a little bit to then share your your breaking news, or do you yeah. have a journalistic responsibility to, you know, just I don't know, change the storyline on something that could be awesome, like maybe the United States destroys Mexico, and we can talk about that for a couple of days. That would be more fun, but. That's okay. We can talk about Greg coming yeah. back after seven months. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we can keep going about Greg if we want to. Let's but talk I, about the game. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was a it even hell did it of a to game. Us. Like, yeah. man, look at us. I'm, I mean, mm. we really should be talking about the way America has played lately. The national team, I think, is looking great. The players are going well. Uh, so if you didn't watch last night, U.S. Mexico, what what is this? Like a. I don't even know what, what is this a friendly? Is this part of a structured Nations League? Nations League, yeah, yeah, sure, Nations League. Um, <laughs> so we're playing Mexico, and it's a hell of a game. We ended up winning three zero. Uh, game got canceled early due to uh, Mexican fans chanting uh, 
derogatory language. Uh, but man, I believe there are about four red cards handed out before that. It was a hell of a mess. Um, so yeah, well, let's jump into the play. What did you, what did you think? What did you like when you were watching that game? Dude, I love watching Christian in that game. Polisic just after missing a pretty obvious sitter and then coming back and scoring a brace that just shows you how experienced this dude is and you know keeping calm and just delivering the goals that his team really needed um i love seeing uh balugan uh flow play he seems like he's Mm -hmm. just gonna attract a lot of the defenders and just kind of be another nuisance uh for these teams um you know he didn't get any like shots off or at least I don't remember where he was really threatening to score but he did kind of cut to the ball run ran backwards and just opened up a lot of space Mm -hmm. um it was positive to see and who else played well I mean talk about dude Reyna really was all (laughs) over the place the midfield looked good yeah um you know shut out on uh goalie uh like you know his name Defense as well, center backs, nothing to say. They look pretty good. Um, Mexico never really threatened that I really remember. They had a few kind of close, but they were all over the place. They, I can understand why Mexicans, um, Mexican fan base might be a little frustrated because it was a disjointed performance by uh, Diego Costa. Oh, sorry. Uh, who's Mexico's coach, Coco? Uh, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, Diego not. Coca. Yeah. I said Diego Costa. Anyway, uh, really fun game. Yeah, it got a little dicey towards the end. Uh, Weston McKinney got sent off with a red card. I didn't really see. Apparently, like, responded. But someone, yeah. someone ripped the hell out of his shirt, which is like, that should not... That's that's a red card. If you do something... Look at yeah. his shirt. It seemed like... Mm. It looked like someone started throwing beers at Weston McKinney. Then he started pushing Mexican players. It mm-hmm. just seems like... That it, was an intense moment. Yeah. It was intense. And from what I... I mean, I loved reading the quotes after the game. Definitely from Flo. This was his first CONCACAF game. And I believe it was uh, Christian Pulisic who said, uh, yeah, this is going to be like a lot different than what you're used to and like a very like rough game. And you should not really have any expectations. And then after the game, flow was like, "Yeah, I went into this thing and it was going to be bad, but this was amazingly bad." Uh, so speaking about like referees, how they controlled the game, and just the overall intensity between the U.S. and Mexican side, um, just a hell of a thing to see. And yeah, he'll have to get used to it because they Concacaf is going to Concacaf, and they are wild games. It's ruthless. It is absolutely ruthless. And so he played well. I think he felt. Uh, good about his performance as well, mm-hmm. which uh, which you really want uh, r- really early to develop that confidence in this, you know, league and system and Concacaf teams. Uh, yeah, it was it was a blast. I enjoyed yeah. myself very much watching that yeah. game. And I think this uh, we've had this conversation before about some of our favorite rivalries. Man, the U.S. Mexico looks great as a rivalry as a whole right now. It looks like Mexico sort of has some tension. I think it's sort of switching where us is clearly the better team and mexico is not having it and they're gonna be playing aggressively and very very much so over the next few matches and we'll love to see see these two teams just keep going at it because i mean they always produce fun games yeah yeah uh so the finals canada is it? I didn't even see who yep. we were going to be playing. I mean, if you beat Mexico, yeah. I mean, I think we won. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, what is, I mean, Canada is at a whole different place in their development, but yeah. yeah, we'll see how that goes. I don't even know when the game is. I have a hard time tracking these because we have like, what, what do you say? This is leagues cup. And then we have the gold cup later this year. I don't know what's what, man. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll just let you know when United States is playing Mexico, Jackson. Yeah. Don't you worry. Yeah. It's too much to keep track of. But other than that, U.S. national team, the players look great. I'm excited, and hopefully we can build something and our players can keep developing. And hopefully Christian Pulisic goes somewhere where he can actually play because I think he clearly deserves it and demonstrates oh, yeah. that every time he's on the field. I don't yep. know how he wasn't playing at Chelsea, but... He'll find a, he'll find a spot. He will. Uh, I'm hoping, rooting for him, too. You can tell he enjoys playing with his American teammates. He has that kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, support uh, that he doesn't necessarily have with the club team because with the club team it's kind of everyone for themselves and and uh, but Matt Turner I mean that dude is playing well uh, yeah. he didn't play that many games for Arsenal but the games that he played in he had like a lot of shutouts I think he had like five out of seven shutouts he didn't yeah. play in any uh, league games but he played in a lot of the cup uh, fixtures mm-hmm. so yeah I think America solid goalie. America's been sort of one of the top nations at producing goalkeepers lately. I mean, we've been putting out a lot of good international goalkeepers, um, mm-hmm. and it's going to continue. I mean, Matt Turner looks great. He's one of the better ones, and I only expect him to get better as, as he spends more time with Arsenal. Hopefully, he starts getting more spots in, in big games there. Absolutely. So, yeah, where did you watch the game at home? It was pretty fun. I kind of... We were hanging out together for a little bit, and then uh, I kind of had to remember that that game was on. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, God, I had to do something last night. But, yeah, I ended up watching it on a little bit of a delay, but it was pretty – it, it was a good watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that's sort of uh, all the stuff we're going to recap today. So we'll go back and talk about what we got going on this coming weekend, what we're planning on doing. Uh, Mike, do you have any big plans for soccer-wise coming up? Uh, I want to see Sporting get another win. <laughs> That would be fun. It's going to be a tough test. LAFC is coming to Children's Mercy. Mm-hmm. So you get a chance to uh, watch one of the best teams in the MLS. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that we're winning games for sure. We're yeah. not like destroying uh, people. We're, we're getting a little lucky, but we're we're winning, and I love to see it. We were the best, second best team in May uh, in I think both since, sides. Uh, best yeah. team in the West. Uh, yeah, I think best team in the West and second best since the beginning of May. The only team better is Cincinnati, who hasn't lost. They team, won yeah. six and one draw. Mm-hmm. So that's a hell of a streak for them. But yeah, um, anything else going on? Uh, we're doing some soccer. So beginner's game out in Parkville because I'm, I'm going to be up here. So there's a nice, cool. very nice little area yeah. you can play. So if you want to come play soccer, can do that. Cool. Yeah. That's um, about it, I think. So. Yeah, I don't have too much going on soccer wise. Uh, next week, I'm taking a break. I'm not going to be playing my Wednesday night league. Mm. But yeah, just uh, gonna get out there when I can and keep keep watching. I should be able to watch actually some MLS this weekend, which should be good. We'll get back on, see what's going down. There's been a lot of shakeup, and uh, yeah, we'll see what's going on domestically. It's tough to compete with Champions League, so we we got tomorrow to yeah to catch yeah. back up. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, I think that sort of wraps up the podcast. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.